What's happening, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Christian Hanson Show. I'm Christian Hanson, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. It is the 9th of January, uh, doing the intro and outro for the 10th of January's episode, which is today's. Um, and I'm re-recording the intro, and uh, I'll tell you why. Um, we just found out very, very sad news um, in the world of comedy. Uh, Bob Saget has died. 65 years young. Um, whew. Came out of nowhere. Um, I just found out on Twitter from Mark Marin. Um, he tweeted four minutes ago. Uh, obviously, four minutes ago. This is this doesn't apply to when you listen to this episode. But he tweeted shortly, uh, uh, just Sunday evening, uh, saying, "Oh no, rest in peace, Bob Saget." Uh, truly one of the nicest guys and so funny, very sad, end quote. Um, I never knew him, never met him, never really got into his stand-up, but I have talked to several people who've adored him, and uh, I'm thinking about those people, like Mike Young. Um, really, really was close to Bob. He's been touring with him for the better part of four or five years, if not more. And um, I feel for those people. I feel for the people who knew him, his family, and the entire comedy world is uh, one of the greatest um, in many people's eyes, especially in the comedy world, has uh, sadly passed away at the age of 65 in his hotel room in uh, Florida. Um, Shocking indeed. Um, like I said, I had the intro already recorded for today's episode earlier in the day, but, uh, just got done watching the football game, go Niners, they won, but, uh, open Twitter, saw Mark's tweet and just, uh, had to, had to redo it. Um, I'm thinking of all y'all, Nate, Bargetzi. I knew he was close with him, kind of. Well, not, I know he just did interview with him on his podcast. Um, Mike Young, though, first to you, uh, it's got to be tough. Um, thinking of all of you, especially Bob's family, uh, just absolutely tragic. Um, Bob Saget, 65 years old, has left us. Just horrible. But uh, just like everything else, life moves on, though. You have to adapt, adjust, and carry on. Honor those who have left us in the best way possible, in, in a way that's honorable. Uh, whatever honorable is to you, that's for you to decide and control. But uh, things happen, and you do have to move on uh, as we are here, but uh, just absolutely tragic and very, very, very sad news. But uh, I'm doing okay um, in regards to just life myself. Not the greatest, far from it. I uh, haven't been feeling great in a while, but uh, Emma Willman is on the show today. First ever interview in person. Uh, we did this at the Comedy Vault in Batavia, Illinois. Uh, it was amazing. Everything that Mark Marin has said about uh, interviews in the flesh, in-person interviews, uh, is right. 
Now, mind you, I've worked with USA Basketball. I've worked as a sports journalist for several years doing in-person interviews with some of sports' biggest stars. Uh, but it's been several years since I've done it. And uh, everything has been over Zoom for the past two years, but it felt incredible to be in person doing an interview, uh, just engaging. It felt more intimate, more real, more genuine. And uh, I hope to do more of them. And I think I will. Uh, so shout out and thank you very much to Mike. Uh, and Liz over at the Comedy Vault in Batavia, Illinois, for letting me use this space to do what I love, uh, and that is this podcast, The Christian Hansen Show. Uh, if I sound a little out of breath, it's because I ran up the fucking stairs so fast uh, to knock this intro out, the re-recorded intro, uh, after finding out that Bob Sackett has passed us. Um, just horrible. And I, I thought I had to do it, because this is generally, there's comedians on the show, most of them have been comedians, and uh, I think my demographic deserves uh, deserves you know a little a little tip of the cap to uh, a genuinely funny man and a good man, an honorable man indeed. Um, just heartbreaking. But Emma Wilman was on the show, very amazing comic, originally from Maine, uh, has really uh, cut her teeth. Well, not only cut her teeth, but lose lost her teeth, <laughs> and she talks about that in the interview, but uh, she's really cut her teeth in New York. I would classify, classify her as a New York comic. Uh, she's great. Um, you could see her on Netflix, on the comedy lineup. I think she's season one or two. Nice 15-minute set. She's an amazing, amazing comedian. Very young, on the rise, and uh, it was a great chat. Um, hope everyone is doing well. Be sure to check out the website, thechristianhansonshow.com. You'll be able to find uh, all the information about all the guests, where they're going to be. Check to see if they're going to be coming to your city. Uh, be sure to check it out. That's the best way to get information on the entire show and everyone that's been on it. That's thechristianhansonshow.com. Hansen is spelled with an E, H-A-N-S-E-N. But uh, yeah, without further ado, I'll get right into the interview. But uh, one last tip of the cap to a very honorable and genuine comedian, one of the funniest out there. Rest in peace, Bob Sackett, leaving us today at 65 years old. Without further ado, this is me doing the thing with an amazing comedian, the very, very funny Emma Willman. Enjoy. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. I am, uh, I am doing it. You said this is tea? It's unsweetened black Unsweet tea. Black tea. Interesting. I'll have to get to... No pressure to drink it. Yeah, no pressure yeah. to drink it. All right. Did you do anything to it? I swear I didn't do anything to it. I can't vouch for the people that I got it from. Mm. I got it from a Mexican place down the street, which yeah. there's quite a few... Is there a big um, Mexican population? Uh, not quite sure. Uh, I don't think very much Mexican. Because uh, there's quite a few... It's a very conservative area. Really? Yeah. They got there's three Mexican places yeah. on the street. No mm -hmm. coffee places, but or there's one coffee place that was closed and there was someone in there and she was at the cash register and I like knocked on the door and she went No. She waved a finger, no no. No. That's good. Yeah. Well this is cool. I I appreciate you doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh I, I saw you on Netflix for the I think it was called the comedy lineup. Fifteen yeah. minutes. Mm -hmm. That was great. That Thank was, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Fifteen minutes is that I mean is that it's kind of a weird thing to tape 15 minutes. Was it strange to do? Like, that's got to mess you up. Like, 15 minutes is too short, I think. 
Here's why it was a little bit. Here's where it messed me up, and here's where it was good. I'll start with where it was good. Where it was good was that's a nice amount of time. Like no matter what, you can kind of like bring things around. Mm -hmm. It's it's an easy amount of time. It's a lot easier than five minutes because five minutes is just it's just so. They do that. Yeah. Not not Netflix. Uh Maybe they will. Maybe they'll start. They did that thing where it was like they gave everybody thirty minutes from around the world. Did Mm -hmm. you see that? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. There was this one week where I feel like it was like Netflix released like sixty half hour specials. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what are you, what, like, I think they, like, gave one to my, like, aunt. Like, it was just, like, I was like, why so many? It was too much. Yeah. So maybe they'll give, like, everybody in the world five minutes, potentially. But, like, when you do a late night set, to me, five minutes feels. Like an eternity. And it feels like, it feels like an eternity, and it feels like just such an artificial amount of time to get where you're going for, if you're going to try to have any type of narrative. But then an hour feels like, okay. Then it's a whole, that's like a whole one person show. Yeah. So 15 minutes is nice because you can arc the amount of time. But where it messed me up was it took what I was doing as an hour mm-hmm. and I put it, I put the framework of it into 15 minutes. So it was like I did an, a 15 minutes, but then I felt like I had to like write a whole new shebang because it was like. You felt like that, that stuff was retired then. Yeah. Really? Even after 15 I thought, it, I mean, so every the, now and then I'll, yeah. I'll pull out the, a couple of them, but I kind of tried to stop doing most of them after I recorded it. And I actually didn't even watch the recording for maybe two years until after, after it aired. Mm. So I watched it for the first time a year ago and I was like, oh, I'm so happy with this. This came bad. out great. Yeah, very good. I came out, I was, I was happy because a lot of times I'll watch stuff and go, oof, my face. Yeah. The face. Well, I don't. Why? I mean, is is there something? I mean, you look fine. I don't understand that part. Is it? But I, I get it though. The whole not listening to yourself. I can't do it. Like I yeah. usually I send this to someone like a friend. and He does right. it, and then I said, "Was it good?" He says, "It was good." I'm like, "Was it good?" Right. He said it was good. I said, "You sure?" I'm like, right. "Why am I doing this? Why yeah. am I even doing this?" The neuroses I, pop. You're like, "What does good mean to you?" Yeah. Because maybe good means to you, and like a person's like, "I this is above my pay grade." Like I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah. I relate to that. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with this. I'm just figuring it out. Uh, I was inspired by Marin, and so I've just you have a nice voice, very soothing. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I was mm-hmm. the first one to say that. Really? Well, I mean, others said it, but I don't know. I can't. I can't gauge. Uh, honesty, but uh, that sounded genuine. I get, I, pr- I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. But I liked, uh, I liked the, the fifteen minutes. Uh, you, small town. You grew up what town of eight hundred people? Is so that I real? S- so no, no. I, I'm from Manhattan. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm. Fr- it's it's a small town. Wow. I, it's two thousand people, but I lie and say eight hundred because for, for the sh- joke. For some fucking reason, can is how do you feel about swearing? I don't care. All right. It's too late now. Now I'm I, done. I already swore. <laughs> it's, it's all. I'm it doesn't dinged. matter. He's gonna t- toss my the no. tea on my face. It's it's for some reason when I say eight hundred, it just seems more like oh wow. But any smaller than I put way too much thought yeah. into say, the size of it. Anything smaller than that, people almost seem concerned. So for some reason, eight hundred felt like the right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the good amount. So, yeah. but it it was. And then when I told someone I lied, they're like, oh, how big was it? Really. 2,000 people is still pretty That's still small. not a lot. Yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Uh, South Elgin, so just down the street. I'm trying nice. to get the hell out. I mean, I just, I, I've been here my whole life. Like, I want to move. Like, Here's the, what, here, I have a theory about that. I feel like everyone hates where they're from because we're, because growing up is so tough that then we like, like people have pride about it. Yeah. It's kind of the type of thing where it's like, you can say something shitty about it, but if someone else is something shitty about it, yeah. people are like, hey, that's where I'm from. Like, represent. Right. But growing up is so hard that I think people like put those like memories onto where they're from. So they're mm-hmm. like, ah, that. Like, once 
I don't know, at least for me, once I'm in a place for a while, maybe this is not the beacon of mental health of a thing to say. Once I'm in a place for a while, I'm like, that place sucks. And yeah. I've even in relationships, I've done, once I've been with someone for a while, I'm like, this person sucks. Yeah. Like it's, but it's like, I'm the variable there. Like it's a timeshare. Like you just, yes. I'm going I'm to try you out for, I don't know how long, maybe right. two years. Right. Take a break, then find something else. And right. you, I know you talked about that on Ari Shafir's podcast too. Where, yes, uh, I did that recently. Yeah. Why is that though? Because I think I did that too. Like there was so much resentment. Like I didn't want to be with somebody, but then I'm like, no, I want to be with somebody. And then like when they were gone, I'm like, I missed that. So it wasn't, it was just being with somebody, doing the things that you do with somebody else right. was what mattered to me more than actually being in a relationship. Oof. Could you imagine hearing that from the person you were just with? Like, it's, but it's, hey, I Shannon. get it. Yeah, Are you yeah, listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Shannon. I miss you. Call yeah. me, please. Yeah. I think also we romanticize things. Sure. Because that's something I've tried to trap myself with where I was like, do I miss that or do I miss the idea of that? And that's something I think like when people are like, I hate where I'm from. Now I romanticize where I'm from because I haven't been back in a while. So I'm like, God, mm-hmm. what would it be like if I just went back to Maine and... I don't know what I would do in Maine. Yeah. Sit. Well, what did you do there? I mean, how did you get into, like... I smoked I mean, a lot of... I smoked pot. I drove around. So it's just normal things. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, how did you... When did you find the knack for comedy, though? I mean, it's such a small town. I mean, you had to start it outside. They had a booming comedy scene. Really? No, 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 no. No, 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 say, no, no, wow. no. they you fooled me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They didn't have... I mean, there was only, like... There's three bars in town, and one of them mm. was at a barn... Literally, it was called the Barn Castle. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was, and, and also, there's not enough people in town to keep three restaurants open. Mm-hmm. So the town would, like, Marlantini's would be Friday, Saturday. The Barn Castle would be other days of the week where you could go get pizza. And then the other, the revolving third one would always go out of business. Oh, so they wow. was like, or like, if there's a party, everyone in town would go to the party. So you really saw the value of people. Cause like I don't everyone, like that. It's a lot. It's oh a my lot. Gosh. So when did you get out? I left when I went, well, I went away to this special high school for a little bit for kids with dyslexia. Oh, yeah. That's so I went act. away to that because my, what'd you say? I said, that's in the act. You yes. Yeah. I thought you said that seemed like it helped. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I, that was true. I went away to that because I had a stepmom at the time who was a special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. She was like, you, you, you got to go. Mm. But I think she just didn't want me. I think she just wanted to be alone with my dad. I don't. No, if I needed to be at the special high school that badly, because then I left the special high school, went to the high school in town. I actually liked it. And then I went to Boston, went to college. And then right after college is when I started seeing live shows. And I feel like this is true like with any goal. Like once you see something zoomed in up close, mm-hmm. it can make it more accessible. Like sure. When you see the zoomed out version where you're like, Oh, that you, if you see something on TV or you see like the finished product of a business or even with like s- someone who's into fitness, like you see the final product of mm-hmm. what their body's like after they've worked out. It's like, oh, I can't do that. What the fuck? But then if you see someone like dying on a treadmill, you're like, all right, I could zoom in and do that. Yeah. So what I started seeing, not comedy on TV, probably like maybe like five months after college. Oh, wow. So this is still very newish sort of well i look younger than i am because i get botox no okay no but you're not you're not 60 no i'm 35 i just turned 36 yeah i was gonna say i mean jesus christ don't i mean there's no need that's young as hell i mean how old are you uh i have 10 years younger oh yeah so but still that that's still 
fairly newer. Uh, to- sure, totally, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I would say I started when I was 24. 24. How do you start at that age, though? Like, what, what was going on in your life? I mean, I feel like they all say, oh, you got to come from pain or whatever. Everyone has a story of either, re- uh, you know, going through drug addiction, things like that. Right. But, I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you... I will say it's true that usually something, usually it's not like you're killing it so hard at the yeah. rest of your life. They're like, you're like, I need to go do comedy. But that's, there are exceptions to yeah, that. Yeah. There are exceptions. I do think the truth of people needing to, of like where the pain connection, mm-hmm. where to me it makes sense is like, you have to have been through something worse than being totally an outsider to a room full of people mm-hmm. or society. And that, but, that's said with a lot of privilege because it's like you get to tap in and tap out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it makes more sense that if you've been through something else shitty, then you don't mind doing something else shitty because you're, you're like, that's, oh, I feel comfortable Yeah, you here. feel comfortable being shitty. That's exactly. just such a great space to be in. It, this is where I thrive. Or like I always thrived in being like the underdog. So sometimes if I would get things, I'd feel uncomfortable. Oh, that's the best though. The feel the underdog to know like everyone's counting out and then to Exactly. Come out on top. But then sometimes when you get something, then you're like, I guess what's it called? Imposter syndrome? Sure, I guess. I think we all have that. Yeah, Yeah. I think so too. Have you ever heard of Sarah Cooper? She did the TikTok Trump. I have not. I don't I don't get caught up in that because that's a black hole. It's a black hole. It li- is literally it's a black hole. Yeah. She was I was talking to her. She over the pandemic she had these all these videos go viral of TikTok Trump. I've known her for years and she was studying being an actress for years and wow. long, long, long time. And then she felt she was saying she felt like an imposter with a TikTok Trump. And I was like, damn, it gets to everybody. Like if you're feeling that way about impersonating someone yeah but you're an actual actress yeah no that's crazy what'd you go to school for then i went to school for communications and philosophy because Mm. philosophy what the heck so i double majored but the the thing was i didn't do well in high school so then i was like i was shocked i got into a college because i tanked the sats oh yeah i got a 10 me too i got well (laughs) act we do acts i think sats like everywhere else yeah the acts is midwest yeah and i was actually petitioning to try to take those because i was like the problem isn't me it's the test. Yeah. And then my mom showed me like what was on the ACT and I was like, fuck this. I think it's me, not the test. Yeah. 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 I was like, this is. And so I, I like retook them like 10 times. And then somehow I got into a college and I, I never used to go to comedy shows at all. But I was always a little quirky. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, even just get the artistic vibes, like just from you. Um, you know, stereotypically it would be mind. based on the looks though too. Appreciate it. And I'm it. sure you get that though. No, but it does. I'm not trying to project your sound responding. I mean, if totally. anyone's seen your act, you would know that. But, uh, that's where I've always aligned myself with too. I've, I was never the person to like, just, Hey, blah, 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 just start talking to people. I could mm, never do that. Mm, and mm. then to, to have that gear switch and to do something where that's all you're doing now. Is, Are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I just learned that. Is the intro one who doesn't like, they don't want to do anything. And, but also they it's all you could be an extroverted introvert so an introvert how they do it is they say it's like how do you recharge like do you recharge from being around someone or do you recharge by being by yourself i recharge from seeing like a live performance or something Ooh, so that's, that's a a three ball. like a three hours of a lot is enough i'm like all right i've seen enough people i've seen enough stuff I'm you might back. be an extrovert then really yeah because like you're like being I don't around do anything it took me seven months in the <laughs> pandemic for me to start to not like the pandemic me too yeah I get that. I get that. I have pandemic fantasies. Yeah, I kind of liked it a little bit. I not, know. Not, I, not the... All things considered and like, Yeah, you know, like I liked the... There was a real comfort in knowing that nobody else was doing anything. Like it was like, okay, huh. I don't have to do anything. That He's not doing it. He's not doing it. Like, yeah. 
athletes, they aren't doing it. So I don't got to show anybody that I'm doing anything. It was like we were like on par with Olympic. I'm, I'm training like an Olympic athlete is training by not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thriving. Thriving. Yeah. It, um, I think that that means you're an extrovert, though, because it means you're getting your regrouped energy with like other people around, even mm. if you're not interacting with them. Because if I went to a concert, I bet I'd be like drained. Really? Yeah. Drained in what way? Like I'd be like, oof. Even if I wasn't doing anything, I dance pretty hard. Yeah. So I, so I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't either. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, I don't either. But like, I wouldn't want to go to a concert because to me, that would be like, I wouldn't get like rejuvenated from that. But yeah. people get surprised. Because I'm, I am outgoing, but I do like I need like a certain amount of like alone time to yeah. regroup. Otherwise, frazzled. Yeah, no, I get this. What what the folks do? I mean, so you said you mentioned stepmom, but what did what yeah. did what happened? I mean, what happened there? I mean, how what was it like growing up? What did what did they? I'll tell do? you, but real quick. Yeah. Are you? I'm gonna. <laughs> I should have said this before I recording. I'm gonna take my tooth out. Because I'm not supposed to drink tea with my tooth in. Tooth in? I have a fake tooth. Okay, yeah. I noticed it, it gone in Ari's podcast. Okay, there we go. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did Ari. Ari, shout out to Ari. Shafir. Yeah. I saw him the other night, actually. We did he's a show. great. Yeah, he's great. We did a show. We were both on a show at The Stand. He went after me. And I chickened out from doing new jokes. And I told him that. And he was like, what did he say? I think he said, pussy. Something like that. But when I did his podcast, I have a had a temporary tooth that i lost mm -hmm. so i've since gotten one so i have the tooth now here and it's i know you guys can't see us but it's sitting on the table wow sorry about that that, that is crazy though i mean that little thing that's a that that's little a motherfucker one. Wow. think of the difference it makes like look look how different it's like yeah a little bit yeah. i mean yeah I'm, it does it makes i'm gonna a big get difference. a permanent one too but this is where it is for now so, but if i drink tea it like stains it or something yeah. so i'm taking it out all right so but my folks, my dad's a math professor. Perfect. Okay. He teaches math at May Maritime Academy in Casting, Maine. Just retired. Oh, there you go. He just retired and he pot is legal in Maine. So uh -huh. I feel so I can say this. So he he sent an email because we were like, What are you gonna do in retirement? And he said, putter around. He said he's gonna mow the lawn. So he was planning on that. And then I I think he got a little bored because he got a prescription for pot. Mm-hmm. The email thread where he goes, I'm retiring. I'm going to start smoking pot. About, about maybe, maybe three weeks later, I got an email where he said he's going to buy some bees. So in retirement. Like bee farms? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think the weed is too strong. A little bit. You know, like being like, I'm going to start smoking pot. I'm going to get some bees. I was like, you're stoned. Yeah, no thanks. I mean, like, is this on his property? On his property. He lives in the middle of the woods of Maine. And he was like, he was like, I might start selling honey just for fun. But it, I was like, are you allergic to bee? Like, I, it just seems yeah. like such a. So far out. So far out. So that's what he's doing. Mm. Look out for Jeff Wilman's honey pot. Yeah, there you go. Coming to a city near you. <sighs> Maybe it'll be super successful. Yeah. Maybe I'll. Then you'll, maybe you'll be like, you know what? Maybe I should quit comedy. Yeah. Maybe, hey, you're hiring? the bee business. Yeah. yeah, I'll start, like, a baby being like a, a bee mobile. That's an interesting exit, though. Like, to go from that, usually you want to not do anything. I feel like that's a little bit more intense than teaching, maybe. I don't know. I, well, he, so the way he's going to do this is he said it's just going to be, like, for fun, and then he would sell it online. Mm. 
We'll see. This to me sounds like an absolutely awful idea. Like I was like, this is definitely linked. I think if I didn't get the first email saying, hey, I'm going to start smoking pot, I wouldn't have gotten that second email saying, hey, I'm going to get a bee farm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like probably if he said like, hey, I'm going to pick up yoga, the next email would have been like, I'm going to like start taking hikes more. So it, yeah. It, it's very, I mean, my stepmom still works. She works at a hospital in Rockport, Maine. So they're like on the pulse of what's going on with. Oh, they're right in the thick of it, huh? Right in the thick of it. Oof. Yep. So they've got they're in the pulse of that. And then my mom, this is also a little weird. Okay. I've heard weird things on here before. So. She's a, a Swedish weaver. Okay. Who has a weaving exchange in Guatemala. So she, she does her, this is not a big operation. She sells it at like craft fairs and stuff. Yeah. So she's, she sells, she's, she's, it sounds like she's sounds a like drug a drug. Dealer. Yeah. It sounds yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. she's got this operation coming up here. Well, according to, she's like, I'm an, I, in, it's not that weird. I'm an importer, exporter. I'm like, yeah, that's totally that. Fucking what are you weird. importing and exporting? Weaving. I, just, I don't know why it's so complicated. <laughs> Cause I, I always say to her, I'm like, like one time, um, Google called. Google ads and they were, cause she had registered a domain and they were like, we're registering your domain. Like, what do you do? She was like, I'm an importer, exporter of Guatemalan Swedish weaving goods. And I was like, what? Like, you, that's like, what? She was like, yeah, okay. My, my daughter thinks I'm a drug dealer. Okay. Yeah. I'm a drug dealer. I'm saying this to the person on the phone, but that's what she does. She, so, she, so basically it'd be like, if you're Guatemala and I'm my mom, mm -hmm. I go to you and then there's this village she goes to, and she, like, she's like, oh, this is some nice weaving. And she stays there for a while with this friend of hers named Hetty. Hetty. Heidi, Hetty? It's not Heidi. I wish it was Heidi. Yeah. I've never heard Hetty. of Hetty. I never heard Hetty. of Hetty either. Yeah, I think it's like German. So she goes to her. She goes to her. They scout out the weaving, and then they, like, show them how to do Swedish weaving. And then they, the Guatemalan women are probably like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what the fuck? But at some point, they showed them how to do some Guatemalan weaving. My mom takes the Guatemalan weavings with Hetty, and they, like, put them in their bags, carry-on bags, and then they sell them at craft fairs, and then they send the proceeds back to Guatemala. So it's uh -huh. like a—my mom's retired. She had a little weaving store in Maine, but now she does this, and it's like a non-profit. Why me, move non there? You know, there's a lot of questions that my sister and I have tried to get to the bottom of. I mean, I don't know. There's something about Guatemalan weaving that she's like, <laughs> the, it's so funny, too, because like when I talk to her about this, like she acts like these questions are insane. But then people ask me about it. I'm like, I don't. But like she'll be like, it's, it's Guatemalan weaving. It's a particular type of weaving and it's just great pattern. So, yeah, of course I'm going to Guatemala. That's enough to just leave everything and move, I take it, right? I mean. I mean, I have thought a lot about that for her. I was like, do you think you would just be more relaxed? Because I was like, you could also send the weavings through the mail. Sure. She yeah. doesn't like to do that. She doesn't like to. Like she had this package of weavings that got sent to New York and she was like, will you go to this building? Get it for me. Pick it up. And then would, could you take the Amtrak to Boston and deliver it? I said, no, like, I don't want any, I'm not, I want no part of like a hand delivery. Yeah, until you can answer these easy questions and tell me what it's fully about. I'm not trying to get caught in the middle of this illegal drug ring. Have you seen the show Ozark? I don't watch many shows. 
I uh, I I don't really watch much. Fair. I would recommend Ozark, the first season. If I, I'm never, I don't usually watch a ton of series either. Ozark is one I like. Would put a foot in the sand, whatever the saying mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The punch the cow, whatever, whatever the saying the hell is. Whatever it is, yeah. Ozark was really good, but it's about money laundering and cash mm. businesses. So now, with like something like my mom, I know she's not money laundering because we're talking about very small scale here. Sure, yeah. If you're if you know anyone into money laundering, I, I would suggest calling my mother because it's like prime <laughs> time. Because they're I don't know how what the bookkeeping is at this operation, but it's like it seems very very suspicious. Yeah. But after I saw that show, I th- now I think everyone's money laundering. Yeah. When did you? When did they? How did you tell them about? Uh, when did they find out that you that you do comedy? So that did not go well. So they were like, "I was gonna say." I mean, you come from a teacher and uh, a high profile sweet <laughs> an importer exporter. Sweet, yeah, which is so bizarre that my mom hates comedy so much. When I'm like, "You are an importer exporter of Swedish weaving goods, and we're not Swedish in Guatemala." Like I'm like, it's not like yeah. she's doing the most like it's not like she's like a corporate lawyer or sure. something. And my parents are both pretty. Um, I would say they're like, they were definitely like hippies back in the day. Yeah. Now not, but back, I've seen pictures. Yeah. But they, my, my dad was pretty cool with it, but my mom, I told my mom first, I was like, I'm doing comedy open mics. And she was like, what? And then I said, I was going to take a comedy class. I took this comedy class in Boston and I had no idea how comedy works. So I was like, look, here's your deal, mom. <laughs> I'm going to take, I'm going to take 101. That's three weeks. Mm-hmm. 201. Also three weeks. There's a 301 they don't teach very often because there's not enough people to sign up. But mm-hmm. I'm going to take that with my friend Mike. And when we graduate that, I'll be able to go pro. So then that's like what? Like 12, a year max. So I'm taking it now. I can do this professionally in like a year. And I think I was a, I think I had just gotten fired for being, a, I was a recruiter. I just gotten fired. So I was like, so I was like, it, it'll work out pretty good time-wise when I get my... I don't know who I thought, like, the comedy school graduation was. Like, I don't know. I thought, like, fucking, like, Jim Carrey hands you the diploma. Yeah, right. He's like, you're hired. But... Far from it. Far from it. That's how I thought. That's how I thought it worked. So she, she came to the comedy classes and stuff, and I think she was, like, waiting for it to kind of go away. But I'd say after about five or six months of doing comedy, just, like, you know, doing an open mic here and there, somewhere I caught on that people go out every night because it'd be like the one or two times I go out a month, I'd be like, Oh, it's the same people out at these mics. And then I started thinking like, how often do they go out? And it was me and a friend I took a comedy class with. And so we started, we learned together where we were like, and it's curious to me because I didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know comedians even said the same thing every night. Really? No. How it, do you get into that then? That's confusing well, to me. It was confusing to me. Well, it was a curiosity too. Like sure. I was like, oh, interesting. And then like seeing how it was made, I was like, I could, pro- I could, I want to see, I want to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I remember the first time I saw a comedian say the same joke. I was like, what? Hey, you said that last night. Hey, yeah. you said that. It was a guy and I, ended, I featured for him for a while. His name's Corey Rodriguez. He's a really funny comic in mm. Boston. And I saw him at a show and he was, the beginning of the joke was, ah, I was just over, and he said, I was just, say it was, he was just at the, gro- I was just at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I see him say it once, and then like a week later, I saw him, I was just at the grocery store. I'm like, this fucking guy gets all his material at the grocery store. Right. And then he did the same joke, and I was like, wait a minute. And I asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, you, he was like, I, I ref-, he's like, I did, you know, I refined it and changed sure. it. 
And then that was when I started being like, oh, okay. All right. I, I see. It's like a whole thing. So then I, I started going out in Boston. Like, I kind of got the bug and started going out every night. What year for context purpose? God. A, I would say like, per, like the first year of me starting. So that was like when I was 20, over 10 years ago, I would so, say. Okay. So Boston, the Boston Comedy Club was already, that already folded. That folded. Yes. Yeah. Do you, are you, do you know like tons of comedy history? I don't know tons of comedy history, I would say, but I've been, uh, I mean, I've always liked comedy, but I've never, like, I've just started really getting into it over mm. the, like, the start of the pandemic. Like, I always watch, like, Marin on IFC. I like that. My brother introduced me to Nate Bargatze and stuff, like, uh, over, like, a year a and a half ago. I love that guy. Man. So I'm not, it's still fairly new to me, but I love it. I'm I got a Nate Bargatze story for you. Oh, go for it. So it's just a nice, like, a nice little one. So when I very first moved to New York, so I moved from Boston to New York because mm -hmm. I, I did this comedy competition in Boston, like Boston's Best or something. Sure. I, I'm not trying to brag, but yeah. I won. I won the competition. There you go. I did. I did win it. So I win that. And I'm like, oh, shit. I beat like 10 people. I'm ready to move to New York. So I go from Boston to New York and I'm thinking, okay, I got this credit. It's not going to be too tricky to pick up some, get in this, right. you know. And I remember, like, messaging some people, like, hi, I just won the Boston, whatever. And they were like, the Boston Comedy Festival, which is a legit big festival. Sure. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I didn't get into that. Yeah. I won the Boston. It was Dick Doherty's best of whatever. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, shit, this is tough. So then I saw an ad on Craigslist that was like, did you just move to New York? Are you looking for stage time? And I was like, yes. yes. Yeah. Ding. This is easy. Easy. These these idiot comedians need to go on Craigslist. Yeah. And then find a lead and hit it up. Please. I think that's extinct now, but Craigslist? Yeah. No. No. You think? Maybe. Who knows? So Who knows? so you, you follow up on this lead. So I follow up on the lead and it was a guy who owned a club in Times Square or he ran a room in Times Square and he was like, Okay, so all you have to do is sell these tickets. And it was the middle of December. Ugh. He was like, you got to sell these tickets in Times Square. And if you get three, if you sell three tickets, you get to do five minutes. Yeah. So it was barking, right? Barking. Yeah. And I we didn't, we didn't have that in Boston. So, and I was like, okay. So it was freezing cold. I didn't wear my socks. Big mistake. Yeah. I remember it to this day, how cold my left foot was. Yeah. Freezing. Why? I'm an idiot. It gets cold in Maine, so you should know. This. I'm an idiot. Yeah, okay. I don't know if it's like an ADD thing, but I did not wear my goddamn socks. Oh my. I wore one sock, but not the other. Never forget. So I'm in Times Square freezing. And I was like, God, this is hard. And I tried to sell some tickets, and then I remember I almost did and then didn't. It's also crazy to think about, like, this is like maskless. Like, it's just interesting to think because now in Times Square, everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah, no kidding. Crazy. So I'm trying to sell tickets. It's not happening. And I'm like, shit, I really want to get some stage time. So I was like, I'm going to buy the tickets for myself. So I buy the tickets for myself, go eat pizza, walk back. I'm like, I sold the tickets. He was like, Are the, the people have to show up. And I was like, damn, I sold them to myself. And he, the guy was like, all right, like, go over there. So I'm like waiting why he's figuring out if he's going to let me on or not. And I see Nate Bergazzi, who was on the show, and he was like, hey, what, what are you doing? And I was like, I just moved here. And he was like, let me, he was like, okay, so you just moved here. He's like, so the, what you're doing now, he's like, this is one way to do this. He was like, or what, if you really think you want to do this, you go to this website, this website called Bad Slava. He was like, these are all open mics. And he was like, 
just tons of them make these was like go to these and do not do don't do what you're doing or don't do it here and find the free ones and then go watch at bar shows and he was like that's like what you should do he's like don't don't worry about the rest of that and that was just so nice of him to do because he could have gotten in trouble because the guy was giving him spots this was before he won boston comedy festival this is when he was like in astoria like I don't know if you've seen pictures of him. Yeah, he grew up with, uh, he, he lived with Giannis. Papa's Did they live together? Yeah, they lived in New York. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, Nate's gotten like handsomer and handsomer over the years. Yeah, he gets better looking each year. With age. Yeah. When I met him, he was like, just like a little roly poly. Probably he had his hat folded up in his back pocket. Yeah. Wearing a Vanderbilt shirt or something. Yep, kind of like. Rubber bands on his wrist. Did he used to have rubber bands on his wrist? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and he used to have like, I don't know if his jeans were like Jenko jeans. Yeah, he was Southern. Yeah. Southern. Yeah. So that's tell. when I met him. And then it was like, and he was always around. And then he moved to LA. Just a really, really nice guy. Yeah. Who, who, were, uh, who were the ones for you though? I mean, that was just, I love Nate, but who... Which comics really kind of took you under their wing? Oh, for comics that took me under their wing. Well, let me think. Let me think. Okay, I've got th- th- definitely hands down Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. I met him at Gotham Comedy Club. That's the bigger guy? He's a big guy? Yeah, yeah. Big okay. guy. He was on the TV show Baskets. Did you Baskets. ever see that show? No. Mind you, I'm 26, so I don't know what that was. was that- also, I haven't either, but it, I've okay. seen clips of him in it, and sure. he was amazing in it. But it was on FX, like, I think maybe like, Maybe four or five years oh, ago. Oh, wow, okay. It was with Zach Galifianakis, and Louis plays Zach Galifianakis' mother. And then Louis C.K. was either a producer, I think it was a producer on mm-hmm. that show. And then that folded when he got in trouble. But sure. the show went on for another season, I think. And I think Louis Anderson got an Emmy for it, I believe. But I met him at Gotham, and which is a comedy club in New York, mm-hmm. and he was like, this is like the quintessential putting taking someone under your wing because he was like you can ask me any questions call me in four months i remember i remember he saw us that and he was like i think you're funny he's like here's here's a note like take out this swear word and then he said call me in four months you can ask me anything and it was i remember it was on thanksgiving and i was like but that's thanksgiving and he was like okay and i was like okay so I called him on Thanksgiving, and I remember being at Thanksgiving and telling my aunt, I was like, I have to go call Louie Anderson. And she was like, really? And I was, he was on this show called Life with Louie that was like her generation, like a big show in her generation. And she was like, you're going to go call Louie Anderson right now. I was like, mm-hmm. And I got such a thrill from that. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm calling Louie Anderson. So I called him, and my question was, I was like, so don't, this is not a good question to ask someone. I said, what's the difference between an agent and a manager. Oh. And he he was <laughs> he was like, so don't ask me that. He was like, you can Google that. He was like, don't ask me something, you can Google someone. Which is really nice of him, because if I were him, I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, right. you know, like I'm doing you a favor. Like, this is what you came up with over four months. So he was like, think, ask me something about writing or life or something bigger. And he was like, call me back in a couple of months. And then I went and Googled the difference between an agent and a manager and i was like and that was like a good so if someone ever asked me something where i'm like google it i'm like okay i did that yeah. i've done that too because people will ask me i'll get messages of people being like hey um i live in this city and i want to go watch a comedy show like what shows are in my area and when i first got one of those i was like wait what like why would i be a directory to shows in your area yeah. like I could see if someone was like, where could I get a bagel in my area? Anything. I'd be like, oh, yeah, bagels. Hmm. 
But comedy shows, for some reason, I'm like, truly, what in the all holy flying fuck? But because I asked him that, it makes me be more like, I don't know, like, or what, or just all sure. like, you know what I mean? So that's that's who took me under his wing. And then he had me open for him at some casinos. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Vegas? We didn't do Vegas. We did, oh, God, it. I flew into Vegas. It was like, it was probably the only time I've ever been in a stretch limo. Oh, wow. It was Lake Tahoe. Okay. So I don't know where the hell. Uh. It's you. It's, it's west. so pretty, and I remember. So I fl- was at this casino, and when I checked in, they said, "Oh, I said I'm, you know, I'm doing the show, blah blah blah." And when I checked in, they were like, "Okay, you have a food budget of five hundred dollars," and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. So I assumed, and I think we were staying there for three days. So I assumed it's for three days for me and Louie. Mm. So I was like, "Okay." So I like looked at the menu and it's a casino. So you can buy, like you could get one, like they're the, it's very right, alcohol right, oriented. Right. So I was like, okay, five days. I was like, okay, Louis is bigger than me. So like, I'm going to give him like for the majority of it. So I like picked out what I was going to eat. And then that night at the show, I was like, Hey, picked out my food stuff. I just wanted to run it by you. So you make sure you get everything you need. And he was like, what are you talking about? And then he was like, no, that's for you. I think it was like for me for the each day. Holy cow! And I—that's what I was like. What? And this could only be used on food. Could I? Could use only this be on? used on food. And I was there by myself, and so he was like, "You couldn't use it on like it." So they knew you're probably not going to use it unless yeah. you're drinking, unless you could buy a two hundred dollar bottle of whatever the shit. Even then, it's Even not then. worth it. Yeah, yeah you no. fucking filthy, you don't disgusting. Need that. Yeah, no they, kidding. Come on, that's ridiculous. But he was thought it was. He thought it was cute that I thought him and I had to share a food. Because I was like rationing it out, and sure. then he was like, "They're giving me my own food budget." But I bought like this steak that tasted like it was like I'm not a picky eater. It was like I bought some the fanciest thing I could get was some yeah. steak. And you still had a lot of money left over, I'm sure. Ballin', I should call them up and say, "Hey, I remember like eight years ago I stayed here? I got I think I got a sixty dollar credit. I want it." Yeah, I don't I think I don't it. think that's gonna work. But I know we I know we're pressed for time, but um, when what was it when when you started doing it though was it harder for you uh you know as you are i mean you are lesbian and things like that was it harder on stage did people treat you the same way as other comics i mean i fe- I, I feel know. like to get through it so. this long especially now more so the past 4 years it's mm-hmm. people just come out i mean people oh are coming gosh. out of the woodworks and you're like you're Jesus a psycho Christ. too. I didn't yeah. know you're. Everyone's a psycho. Has it been harder for you? Though? You mean psycho like gay? No, no, no. But just psycho like politically infused. You have people who just treat certain. That's such a good phrase. Politically infused is such a good phrase. People treat people just a certain way for no apparent reason. Yeah. And then you try to question them. And like, why do you think that? And they're like, just because? No, that's. Well, I'll tell you right now. Do you too many gay that? people in it. It's out of control. Put a cork in it. I think we've got a gay problem. Yeah, we, I think uh, you heard it here first. I think that should be the first uh, thing on uh, any president's agenda. Yeah, we, tackling. I'll tell you. Oh my God, could you imagine if a if a politician we've got came a gay out problem here in America? Like, doing a throwback. White to like, supremacy. We'll get to that in a yeah. couple of years. Or even if they were like super liberal, like. I don't want to say who this was because it's like, but it was, it was someone in my family and they're sure. older, but they were like, they watch a lot of Fox News. And my stepmom Ooh. was like, she was like, oh, she watches so much Fox News. Like she's losing her mind. And I was staying with this family member for a weekend. And uh, I really like this family member. And we were talking and she was like, she was like, 
I like watching Fox News. I was like, good for you. Great. Like, yeah, whatever. whatever. You know, whatever keeps, whatever. Who gives it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. And she was like, and I'm not prejudiced. She was like, I love black people. I love gay people. I love Mexicans. I love transgenders. I just, I just fucking hate Muslims. And I was like, Jesus Lord. I almost spit on my, I was like, whoa. And I was like, wait, like, I was like, what, what do you, what do you know about Muslims? Yeah. She's like, and then she said all these things that of course anyone would hate about anyone. If she was like, well, I hate them because I don't think that women should have to have sex with men anytime the men wants, if the woman doesn't want to. That doesn't, that's a, that's a valid reason, For but sure. I don't think you could generalize hating an entire demographic. Right. I was like, do you think, is that something you feel that Muslims are like for? Yeah, Cause that's including the women who are literally have no choice in that position. Right. right exactly. Like it was, I was like, you mean like rape? And she was like, yes. So I was like, of course everyone's against rape. Like it, I, yeah, like, no it, kidding. So she, so it was, and I was like, where are you getting this? But it was definitely not Fox News where she was getting that. I think it was like some like, like side, side, more extreme thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, wait, why was I telling you that? Oh, political, politically infused, politically <laughs> infused. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So the people, so, oh yeah, the gay problem. I think it would be funny if some candidate came out now and was like, I like everything except we got a freaking gay issue. I w- oh, you know what? Maybe in the South there are candidates like that. If everything was equal, there's more than you think. Which yeah, is scary. you're right. You're right. So then, if the, if everything was, if everything was more like balanced out, I would say that would be fun, funny to me to see. But since it's actually the reality, it, it it's can't. It's not funny until you're over it. So sure. like we're not over it. So, but yeah, there's been like an explosion of lots of gay comedians which great 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 i you've never felt any to get back to the the root of it you've never felt any feedback or kickback from i have i have i have but here's here's what it is it's so hard for me to know what's me and what's them because i'll get so nervous about how i look so i'll be like oh i look weird like i'm not one of those ones that's like just i don't know fully confident yeah, I'll feel like I look weird and I'll be like, okay. I mean, I literally look weird. And my girlfriend's like, you don't look weird. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm bad looking. I'm saying, and obviously there's an extra kick here because I don't have a fucking tooth in my mouth. But I was like, yeah. I literally look weird. I don't, and, and you, it was, there's a comedian in New York named Marina Franken and she was doing a joke about how, and I'm really paraphrasing it, but basically she was like, I need to like address how I look. I can't just like start talking about cows mm. or like cheese. Because it's like Jim Gaffigan can just go up there and do an hour on corn and everyone would be like, corn. She's like, if I'm talking about cows or cheese after 10 minutes, people are going to be like, why is this black woman obsessed with cows and cheese? <laughs> and I was like, that's such a good point. So I feel like you do, like for me with how I look, I want to like make people know that like I'm aware of it and it's also not going to be, for lack of a better word, it's still going to be a fun, friendly, good time. Sure. Because sometimes I'll, you know, like I was watching Jim Jeffries the other day an old special of his, and he was talking about, and this is like broad strokes, but co- the comedy is that a lot. He's talking about how if a gay guy comes to a dinner party, you're like, ooh, it's going to be fun. And if a lesbian comes, you're like, shit. And I understand that. We're like, ah, oh, shit, fuck. So I, I, even though recently I think that there's been like a resurgence and lesbians have been much friendlier, maybe because they feel more comfortable, which is great. But I will be like, okay, I want them to know. So that's like, the, there's so much thought that I'm putting into it. It's hard for me to know, like, then does the audience even give a shit? Like, I really, that I don't know. There's been a few times where I felt like, like in Vegas, where they've been like, this person's weird looking and the show doesn't go well until I just bash how I like make fun of myself. Sure. And that makes me sad. But the truth is, uh, oh, that happens to a lot of comedians. I mean, even it's different. Like if a say it was like a good looking straight white guy, they could then leave that situation. They're still like, mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes, purposes, like master of the domain of whatever it is. But like in comedy, like for sure, 
you know, they'll be like, like there's this really nice guy, super funny, um, Michael Blaustein. He, he's a like very good looking guy. So I knew him in New York. He's running around New York. I remember like, I think people were like mean to him because he was good looking. That's so, the most fucked up thing ever. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I, talk, I remember talking to him about it and I was talking to this other guy, a comedian named Zach McGovern, like where it was like they would like try to like at first like dress frumpier and like not want to look good because like then at least in terms of open mics, other comics hate you like a like a soup comic versus okay yeah yeah i understand that so i think everyone get you're doing something where people are literally looking at you so how you look is gonna be like part of the context for what you're saying so i feel like for sure that's but i've definitely like gotten stuff from it too like i started doing colleges way before i was ready and i think that's because they were like it was before like the gay boom. Now it's like the fucking lesbian hunger games out here. But for a, like in the, when I first started doing college, I got like, it was like, be like I made that YouTube account right before it popped off. That's what it was like for me doing college. So, but I wouldn't have, there were for sure funnier people like that could have done it. But mm-hmm. I think they needed, cause I was, I had been doing comedy not that long. And then all of a sudden I was booked like out the ass doing all these colleges and I didn't have, now it's way more competitive. So I do less colleges now than I ever have in my life. When I there was like two years when I that's how I started doing comedy professionally was colleges. Really? Yep. And I did not have I didn't have the time. I probably had like like eighteen minutes of jokes. That's still not that bad though. But you got to do an hour. Oh yeah, you can't stretch that. That's a big stretch. Yeah, I mean, crowd work is not an easy thing to do either. right and you can like fucking putz around when you set it up yeah. but yeah 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 really quick yeah i know you, uh, you got to rut, rush out of here but uh when i always like to ask what's your take on doing corporate events or weddings because like there's a comedian uh that was weddings just, well that's the thing like oh people go like this people go you don't hire a comedian for a wedding because no. one what are you gonna say is anyone celebrating anything right, it's right, like, right, right, right. so it's like it's not comedy is you may like comedy, but it's not the place for it. But if you don't do it, you don't get paid. Sure. Have you had a Have you had a a, a thing like that where you're like, I don't, I don't even want to. Yes, do that. for corporate stuff. So I have said no to a bachelorette party where they were like, "Will you roast my friend?" And I was like, "I'm not the person for How you." How did they find you? I think it was this website called I forget what it was. It was some like booking website. Mm. This is years ago, and they like. And I was like, can I bring my friend? And my friend Robin and I were going to do it. And then I was like, this is an awful idea. Now I feel like I'm a plus one at this people's right, wedding. Right, right, but right. I also got entertained. Like a really shitty plus one because they wanted to get roasted. And it's like, oh, does everyone want to get roasted? Or does just one person who's in charge of the entertainment think this is a good idea? Mm-hmm. Like I had a friend who did a wedding recently. And I was like, why the fuck? And he was like, I'm friends with the groom. He was like, I really want you to do it. He was like, the, the bride hated it. It was like a wedding party the night before. He's like, I'm, I was like, there's nothing worse. <laughs> Could you imagine? Roasting people that don't want to get roasted, yeah. like you're especially fucking... not knowing them. I mean, because you don't know how people would react. You don't know their soft spots. You're a monster. Their trauma monster. over life. Yeah, I don't, it's such a bad idea. So I haven't done a wedding. I would draw the line at that. Also, a birthday, maybe a birthday party. But I've definitely done like I did this corporate event for it was for a pharmaceutical company. Wow. There's a comedian named Gary Veter. Have you ever met oh, him? Oh, yes. He opened for Nate up in, up in Milwaukee with Justin Smith. Awesome. Months ago. Oh, yeah. Justin Smith's really funny. Yeah. Gary Veter's great. He's New great. York guy, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Gary and I were doing this. I guess it was just, a, yeah, it was just the two of us. And we were doing this show for a pharmaceutical company. 
And it was in New York, so we didn't have to travel to it. And I got there, and they had, like, it was, like, very fancy. And they had ice luge things around. So there was, like, all this, like, booze on ice luges. <laughs> and, like, people are, like, standing around, like, where, like, you get, like, refill your drink, or it's, like, ice. Mm-hmm. And then the, it's just, like, all lots of very ice-oriented. And then they had this stage that was made to look like ice, but it was really, it was a very small but extremely high box that was clear mm-hmm. and they wanted us to stand on that and do our jokes. So it couldn't have been bigger than like, like a, mm, like how, how big is this table? Talking? I have no clue. Uh, three by three, three, but it was probably, it was like two, maybe, probably two feet, two feet. Say it'd be like that. Take the average top of a chair. Mm-hmm. It's like four of those like smushed together, but it was really tall. So you had to like go up it on this little oh my gosh. step thing. And then I usually pace a little bit, but you could, one, you couldn't pace. Two, it was clear. So you're, you can see below it. There's, it's in this giant conference room. All the lights are on. And we flipped a coin to see who's going to go first. Because in a situation like this, you want to go second because mm-hmm. you at least want to be like, what? Right, right. What is going to happen? What is this? Happen? Yeah. He went first. And I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be tough. Because, the, and also they, they made like a quick announcement, but it was like, it sucks doing comedy when people aren't trying to watch comedy. Cause then you're oh, just, it's hard. You're just interrupting. And I'm like, oh. So I didn't want to do that. But I remember they were paying us really well to do it. And I was like, I mean, sh- sure. So I did it. But that was, I'd say that was probably one of the worst corporate ones. And then this other one I did where I just did it for free because this guy was run. He was like. Or maybe it wasn't like a corporate show like that. Like maybe maybe they paid us a little bit, but he was doing a show on a boat for Yelp. And I thought it was like the Yelp company, but it was for Yelp reviewers. So when we'd already like set Like the out, people who review companies, like they get a trip for those people who... The top Yelp reviewers in New York. Mm. So, so you got some uh, reviews yourself. I well, take. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This like, is insane. The worst group of people to perform in front of. They're usually snobby, those people I would like to thank. Oh, they, they yelp so much. Yeah, very critical. The yelp is, is recognizing them for creating content. That's like not who you want to do. Very critical. Yeah. You don't want to do comedy in front of those people. And luckily it was like, there's like eight comics on it. And the guy, I don't know I think it was one of those situations where it was like the guy who was running the show, his girlfriend like worked for Yelp or in some situation like that. Like, I don't think, I don't think this was like coming from Yelp mm-hmm. and it was really, really loud in there. And I went at the end and like the DJ was bo- like, like playing. So like my, you, my set got kind of washed out. Oh my God. No problem with that. But there was, I remember everyone was like, this is the worst group of people. <laughs> They're literally Yelp reviewers. They're yeah. critics. And how, just, mu- how long did you have to do? Not a long time. So with the one with Gary, I think we each were supposed to do 45 minutes. Ooh. And I think we split it up. I think, I think we did it, but I think it was supposed to be like we were supposed to like do it and have a break, but we like went w- right after each other. Maybe it was we were each supposed to do an hour and we did 45 or s- something weird. Yelp, I think like everyone did like eight minutes or something. Oh, that's not that Not bad, bad but... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Emma, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. There you have it, folks. Me and Emma Willman. Hopefully you enjoyed it just as much as I did. The first ever in-person interview for the podcast. Can't you tell the clarity? God damn, that was fucking great. 
thank you so much to Emma and the Comedy Vault in Batavia, Illinois, again, for giving me the space to do it in person. Uh, very, very kind of them. You can check Emma out live uh, at the end of this month, January 22nd. She'll be at Steel Stacks in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. She'll be at uh, the Comedy at the Carlson in Rochester, New York on March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. She'll also be at the Listening Room in Grand Rapids, Michigan, March 30th. She'll also be at Park Theater in Holland, Michigan on April 1st. And April 3rd, she'll be at Billy's Lounge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And if you're in New York, you can catch her regularly at the famous Comedy Cellar. Uh, she is Emma Wilman. I am Christian Hansen. Thanks for listening to the show. Again, like I said at the in the intro, um, rest in peace, Bob Saget. 65 years young. Now left us today tragically. Um, just horrible. Thanks for listening to the show. Till next time, stay safe and be well. <laughs>